the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of the UCW Radio Show, and this is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Co. Paris. And I want to thank all of our listeners for their continued support as you continue to listen, as we continue to bring on great guests, great stories, great stuff. Uh, before we move forward, I want to uh, you know, talk about the Ultimate Body Radio Show. That's something that, uh, that we were uh, fortunate to align with the Ultimate Body uh, TV reality show. And the Ultimate Body Radio Show is, is going to be tied into that. And we're pretty excited about it. And a lot of good things are going to come out of it. Uh, I just want to give a brief overview of the show itself, just for those that uh, aren't familiar with it. But it's the Ultimate Body uh, reality show, TV reality show. It's the first of its kind, actually, because you have The Biggest Loser, you have this, you have that. You have all types of reality shows out there from VH1, Rock of Love, Rock of This, Love This, Love That. You know, more to love, and how much more love do you need? How, how about self-love with the Ultimate Body TV show, reality show? You can have self-love for yourself and get yourself into, into peak condition just by being on the show. Uh, brief on it, just some broad strokes. 13 men, 13 women. They battle it out in a, in a team environment, and they're going for the crown. Uh, winners will go on to uh, potentially win 50 grand each. A man and a woman, male and female, both will win 50 grand each, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, the interesting part about it, 26 people living in a mansion together. And that's where the filming begins, where you are going to have the opportunity to have all your nutritional supplements supplied by Gaspari Nutrition uh, given to you. You're not paying for it. Uh, you get food room, board, this, that. I'm sure there's a pool there in the mansion, so a lot of good things going on. Uh, and the thing is that your, your only commitment is to actually go and give a 1,000% and get yourself into tip-top shape. And if you do win, you know, how great is it to, to have a spread in Muscle Mag uh, magazine? That's pretty cool. And uh, something you can show your kids and they can show their kids and say, hey, my daddy or mommy. Yeah, they were, they were set a fold in Muscle Mag or we had a thing in Muscle Mag. That's pretty cool. Uh, and you can you can hold on to that forever. Uh, the website is the theultimatebodytvshow.com. Uh, they have their final auditions going on on Saturday, October 17th from 11 to 6 at the Ramada Orlando Celebration Resort and Convention Center. And that's located at 635 West Erlo Bronson Highway, Kissimmee, Florida. Check it out. It may be for you. If ever you wanted to get be, become a bodybuilder, or if ever you wanted to become a reality show, well, a reality, reality show star, uh, well, you have two things in one that you can actually do. So it's pretty interesting. Now I want to get, get into some other stuff. Um, something interesting, uh, I thought interesting, that I was reading. Uh, there, was a, there was a guy, 24-year-old guy. Um, his, his name is Zazzy, his last name, and he's being questioned for four days straight by the FBI. Um, allegedly, he has ties to Al-Qaeda, and the thing that kind of scares me is that this guy's from Denver, and they went on his computer, 
and they showed that he researched baseball and football stadiums and sites and news uh, and, and, and did some other stuff. And he was even looking at the Fashion Week event in New York City. Okay, uh, so they, they don't know what targets or alleged targets that he had in this alleged plot. But the bottom line is that, you know, the guy was actually doing research. Okay, you know, so he's living in our community doing this. You know, what's up with that? That's kind of that's kind of some scary stuff. So I guess we'll see what happens uh, when uh, when it it gets it gets uh, moves forward or when that situation develops. But they did say is that they were looking at the messages the guy was sending back and forth, and they said that Zazi um, was kind of leaning towards that the the plan was ready to take place. Okay, that it was close to these attacks. The attack phase was about to happen. So was he going to hit sports stadiums? World Series, maybe? Something like that? Fashion Week? You know, this is some scary stuff. The world we live in. So anyway, let's uh, move on uh, from there. Uh, it was also announced that the California's unemployment rate hit 12.2% in August. Okay, and that's uh, that's up. From 11.9 in July, and basically it's putting more pressure on the state. The state's already, you know, in, in in on shaky ground as it is, and this increased unemployment is just making it uh, a little harder. You know, when you watch TV, and I'm going to say it, you watch CNBC, CNN, Bloomberg, whatever it is, you know, you hear the news that oh things are looking better, oh unemployment is this, but the real deal is that un unemployment is going up. You know, maybe the claims are not coming in because maybe some of the claims got reduced. Maybe some of the claims got, you know, extended, whatever the case may be. But new people losing their jobs is happening. This is why here in the United States we need to create jobs. We need entrepreneurs to step up and do the things. We need the government to fund these entrepreneurs to go and build things, manufacture, not just service, because we went from a manufacturing country to a servicing country. And that was a big boo-boo. Because if you produce something and you continue to produce it and you're an innovator, because we still are an innovator in the world, what you know, the the innovator, we still have it here. We have a lot of innovative people in this country that just need the funding to actually get their projects done. So maybe that's uh, something that the government should be looking at to increase the um, the employment, not the unemployment rate, but the employment rate. You know, let people work. Small business, that's where it's at. You know, the big monstrosity companies, which are international, it's, it's funny that they're big and they're, U, they're U.S. based, but they're actually, where, where's the money going? Is the money staying here? Or are they, are they going out and, and hiring or doing manufacturing outside of this country? If that's happening, then what are you, what's happening here? Who's losing out? We're losing out. You know, granted, with a company like General Motors, hey, uh, you know, they, they, they went bankrupt, they filed for bankruptcy, they, they emerged, they're doing a lot of things, and, and the automotive industry is doing a lot of things. But the problem with that, and that is all manufacturing, that the problem with that, is, and the reason, one of the, one of the reasons why they hit a brick wall is uh, the unions. And I'm going to say it because I think the unions, they have their place, no doubt about it, but you can't keep choking and choking the company because if things are bad you have to take concessions you have to pull back you have to do something 
you know, Ford, you know, obviously they they uh, know how to work with them. The other companies uh, really uh, didn't have too much success. Uh, but again, that's just my opinion. You know, I think unions have their place. They have their um, they they have their position. Uh, but in order to continue to uh, flourish and for the unions to continue to grow, you have the company has to be there. If the company's not there, you know, then you have no union to control. That's the way it is. That's reality, and that's that. But that's my thought on that. Now let's move forward. Um, here goes something interesting. You know, Google. What they're trying to do, and, and I think I love Google. I think it's a great company. Uh, I think they have. They are innovators in their in their um, in their world, but they're actually becoming innovators outside of the internet world. They have been from the from the Google search, obviously everyone knows, to Google this, Google phone. I mean, they they're trying to produce things that you know that'll give you access to the world, where they're and, and not paying for a lot of stuff because they they're able to monetize uh, their their company quite well. You know the stock's trading at what three, four, five hundred bucks. I don't even know. I have the exact quote in front of me, but uh, it's up there. So not a bad deal. Great guys running the company. Uh, but what they're looking to do now is that they're looking to publish millions of books online. Now, by doing that, if you're a student and at a university or college, you have to go buy these books. Okay. Granted, the Amazon has the Kindle where you can go and you know, download it to your 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 Kindle um, device, which costs you I don't know, like three, four, five hundred bucks, something like that. Uh, they have other um, devices that do something similar, but you know the quality's kind of you know subpar. And you can you know they've had uh, certain studies on that, uh, but Google's looking to do it uh, online. So it's interesting, millions of books where you can actually access this stuff. So if you have someone going to college and they're on a scholarship and they're on a tight, 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 tight budget and they can't go spend the, I don't know, the thousand or two grand on books and all that other jazz or they have to get a loan to buy these books, okay, and put themselves in more debt, okay, um, well, I think the Google option is not a bad deal. But they're, they're looking to publish millions of books. Um, but what happened, this deal actually raised some copyright and antitrust issues. And the Department of Justice actually stepped in. And they may reject uh, Google's advances in just the way it's set up. Okay. Um, and what, what, from what I'm gathering at this deal... Uh, Google would establish about a $125 million U.S. fund to compensate those you know, whose works it publishes and so on and so forth. So they're looking to pay the people you know, who own the books, own the rights, in order for them to do this online. It's not, it's not bad. Okay, and it would. They, you know, Google said it would establish a book rights registry so authors can actually get paid. For, for any work that was digitized. So I don't think it's a bad thing. And this is something that, that hasn't, it's not something new. It's something they've been trying to do. And Google, when they, when they set out to do something, it's not like an overnight situation. They actually go and uh, they put a lot of effort into it, a lot of research, a lot of everything. Uh, so they're not looking to uh, 
take advantage of anyone or, or violate anyone's rights. They're looking to do the right thing for the masses. That's why I love the company. They're looking to do the right thing for the masses. And uh, But this is something they did back in October of 2008 where they, they agreed. That this was an agreement between them and the Authors Guild and the Association of American Publishers. Ah, okay, and that's after they sued Google for copyright infringement. So um, that was a deal that was there. So I guess we'll find out what happens with that, uh, and it'll evolve as it needs to evolve. And um, I guess the, the outcome will be interesting for everyone. So we'll see what happens. Now let's shoot to uh, Mayweather. Mayweather. Okay, I find this interesting. Uh, Floyd May Mayweather, he's going to fight tonight. And he's going to walk down that aisle. Uh, and he's going to be fighting uh, Juan Manuel, Manuel Marquez. Now, that's happening uh, at the MGM uh, Grand Garden. Um, what I find interesting is that, you know, they're doing it tonight. Okay, this is a big fight. This is a big fight. And it's, I mean, it's huge. And I, I, I believe uh, Golden Boy um, is actually producing this. Now, here goes the glitch. Guess what else is happening tonight? UFC 103. And it's headlined by a bout between uh, Rich Franklin and Vitor Belfort. Okay, so now you have boxing versus MMA. Aha! What's going to happen at some point, okay, where things get interesting. And this, I found this really, and, it's, and you know what? I, I found it really interesting how the, the battle is going on now for your buy, for your, for your pay-per-view buy. Okay, with Dana White, he's the president of the UFC. He said that he doesn't think going on the same night as boxing is a good thing. And what I think, you know, I think what's happening is that he's saying it's not a good thing, but not a good thing for boxing. Okay, yeah, it's not a good thing for, for combat sports fans, boxing fans or MMA fans, because now, you know, you can't watch both of them. And what are you going to spend, uh, you know, 150 bucks in a night just to watch something? You're going to go to a bar? How are you going to watch both of them? Unless you tape one, you know. So I don't think the buy is going to be phenomenal for either of them, either um, either event. But uh, the Golden Boy promotion CEO, Richard Schaefer, he says something interesting because he's been relentlessly plugging the Mayweather um, Marquez fight uh, as, you know, he's, he's saying that uh, he's confident that this fight will outsell. Did you hear that? Will outsell UFC 103 probably 2-1. to one. Hmm. Well, here he goes. He uh, goes a, a little fun fact: UFC's yearly pay-per-view numbers uh, outshine boxing's totals because UFC their pay-per-views are quite often more often than boxing. Okay, and even uh, De, De La Hoya, Oscar De La Hoya, he owns Golden Boy. All right, and he said he that he that he had they have no problems with the UFC being on the same night because boxing is strong. Now, look, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, you are a legend in your in, in boxing, no doubt about it. You know, I think you're a classy guy, but the reality is, yeah, boxing lost a lot of his gleam because of everything involved in it. 
you know, and I, you know, me being into boxing myself at some point in my life, uh, you know, it, it's changed. It's changed. The whole sport has changed. That's why people are are kind of leaning towards MMA, UFC, cage uh, fighting, extreme organizations like that for no other reason but because it's real and you don't know what's going to happen. You go in there, there's no throwing a fight. I mean, not that, that that's happening now. I'm just saying, there's, I, don't get me wrong, there's, there's probably none of that stuff happening now, but I'm, I'm just saying that in boxing, there's no, I mean, in MMA, there's no question. You go in there, uh, it's a battle. You go in there, you're fighting for your pride, for your respect. You're fighting, you know, for whatever you're fighting for. But when somebody knees you in, in, in the ribs or they get you on the floor and they, they, uh, they, they get you in a, in a guarded position and stuff like that, you know, there's no question about what's happening. You know, people look at boxing and they may love boxing, but it lost its gleam. And it's not the fighters. It's the promoters. And hopefully, you know, look, I think Golden Boy has been doing some great stuff. And hopefully over the years... In the, in the coming years, that 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 gleam will come back to boxing, because I think boxing is a strong sport, not as strong as it used to be, because now MMA gives something to fans that you know in this day and age they want. Right? They because when they look at MMA, they're looking more of okay, this is a gladiator type of environment. We're going back to the Roman Empire, and now two warriors get in the ring and they battle. But it's not just punching, it's everything. It's everything. Okay, and the excitement of boxing has drifted down since people started adhering to UFC, cage fighting extremes, organizations like that. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I'm curious on what the buy is going to be later on. Uh, I know that a lot of bars uh, throughout the country and throughout the world will carry both, more than likely. So the buy rate will be decent on both I don't think it's going to be what what it would be in in the home because not too many people are willing to spend a, uh, you know 100 150 bucks on watching two pay-per-views in a night not in this economy not the way things are going they may go to a bar they may watch it there but as far as uh, getting the buy in the home I don't know how that's going to work out but I'm, I'm curious on what's going to be the what the end result is going to be uh, look Mayweather he's 39 and 0 25 KOs. Yeah. Great fighter, no doubt. Marquez, 50 and 4 and 1, um, 37 KOs. He's have has more of a history. But still, you have two great warriors getting in the ring. I'm sure the fight itself is going to be amazing. Um, but as far as financially, uh, who's going to come out on top? Well, I guess we'll see when the time comes. So I guess, you know. Tomorrow morning or, there, or this upcoming week, we'll find out what the buy was on both of them, and let's see where that goes. Now, let's go to uh, some information. I need to let our sponsors know uh, that, or actually potential sponsors, that uh, if you want to sponsor, you want to uh, connect or align with the UCW radio show, uh, you can. We just opened the doors not too long ago for sponsorship opportunities. So actually, you can just go to ucwmagazine.com, find out how you can connect with us, or you can give us a call at 323-952-4369, find out how you can be a part of the UCW radio show. We have great things coming uh, down the pike. 
as as I mentioned earlier, we have the Ultimate Body Radio Show, which is going to be launching soon. Uh, October 17th is when they have the final audition. Uh, I will be there. So beyond meeting, you know, some greats like Rich Gasparri, Bob Cicciarello, and the producer Dave Lyons, and so on and so forth. I'll be there, so um, that should be interesting, and that's a good project that we're working on. But we also have some other projects that we are working on that we are not at liberty to speak about, but they are pretty substantial. Our distribution is increasing. So again, uh, a good place for a sponsor to uh, to be and to actually um, to work side by side with us as we continue to grow. Um, so that's that. Now, what else do we need to go over? Uh, again, for our, uh, look, our listeners, um, you want to call in. We want to connect. We want you to be a part of the show. So call in and leave your, your, your comments, leave your questions. Our guests, we just put a calendar on the site so you can actually see what guests will be on when. Uh, and just you know, leave your questions. And we'll, if they're interesting enough, we'll pose them to the the guest and uh, let them answer it and well I think that that is um, that's a way that we can get our listeners involved in the show and we try to do that so definitely uh, give us a call and connect uh, now again you can do you can even tweet me if you're on Twitter you can shoot me out some questions or comments things of that nature uh, and we can also pose it to our guests when they're on here and again, you know, our guests, uh, we, that, we range from authors to actors to, uh, you know, believe it or not, even poets uh, to uh, professional wrestlers to athletes, MMA fighters, UFC guys, KJFX guys, um, boxers, things of that nature, even radio show hosts, TV personalities, and we go on and on and on. We even have models, models on the show. Okay, we've had burlesque uh, performers on this show. And believe it or not, we even bring in adult entertainers on the show that have an interesting story. So, a lot of stuff going on here. And uh, as we continue to grow, uh, look, the bottom line is, you as our listeners will grow with us just by being a listener. Now, without further ado, what I want to do, he's been on hold for a little while. Uh, we have we have a great director. He's actually a very creative soul. He's calling he's calling us all the way from London. So he's he's on hold. We're gonna bring him on. He is he's actually uh, coming out. Uh, he just him and his brother are a team, and this uh, they call themselves the Williams brothers. I call them the dynamic duo. Uh, his name is Francis. His brother is Phil. And they are working on a new project. Okay, it's called Revenge of the Lout. And it's like a cross between a, a Guy Ritchie film and like a hostel. So it's really interesting. We're going to get into it uh, on the show. And we're going to talk about, you know, his journey. And basically uh, let all listeners know that, you know, it's not an easy journey when you're in the film industry. So with that, all that said, let's bring him on the line. Here is Francis Williams. Francis, it's great to have you on the UCW radio show. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. I know we had a little, uh, on our end, we had a little conflict of, uh, of uh, scheduling, but now we have you on here, and it's great to have you on the show. 
Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks very much. Oh, no, you're welcome. Uh, we always appreciate the time that our guests put aside. I mean, you're you're in the UK right now, so yeah, yep. you know, it's it's with, with the time zones. It's sometimes it's hard to schedule. We finally got it, and that's a good thing. Um, yep. Now, just to give our listeners, Francis, a brief overview of you. Uh, you're part of. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tag it now you're part of the uh, dynamic duo uh, you and your brother uh you know francis and francis and phil you know williams you guys yeah, you, right, yeah. you guys do your thing uh but yep. you you've been drawing since you were very young you drifted into yeah film. that's right i will yeah i've been an artist all my life pretty much and uh i used to draw comics and get a lot of inspiration from comics when i was a kid right and to be honest uh quite a lot of stuff started off really violent and I don't know why but uh it's always been a a bit of a fascination with mine action and you know violence even when I was a kid so I you know a lot of comics are violent but in a obviously comical way so yeah but that's yeah I'd always start off drawing that and then uh from my drawings I you know went into photography and then photography the video and yeah, writing well what you did you drift you just you drifted into film and tv you know and you started you started doing stuff like that you even created a music video that received acclaim worldwide and, and uh, now see, yeah. you, no i was going to say that and now because uh, what i want to do is have our listeners uh, to paint them a picture of who you are okay right. so that we're all on the same page because um i think um a lot of times, you know, when you're when you have someone on a show, it's it's easier to go into mm-hmm. and uh, explain, you know, you know, explain things first, and then uh, then we're gonna go into yep. the uh, the whole story of your journey because you have an amazing story, and I and I don't yeah. want to I don't want to miss a beat. That's why I want to get this out of the way so that we're all on the same, you know, that you and I are on the same page, and then our listeners, and I say all of us, that our listeners are on the same page so that they can follow you because I think they're gonna embrace you in a big way. But now you're also uh-huh. the director of Revenge of the Lout. And uh, from what I understand, it's a film that's uh, kind of a la Guy Ritchie, but with uh, a touch of hostile in there. So you have the gore from that. And uh, so with, with all that said, what I like to do before we get into what you're doing now, where you are now, I want to start yeah. with your journey. At the beginning of your journey, where everything began, where it all started for, for Francis Williams, where, where everything you know developed. So, if you don't mind, we can start there. I want to talk about, and we'll just go over it again, when you started drawing and what your inspirations were, and then we're going to go from there so that we just, uh, I guess, chronicle yep. your, your your life until now, because our listeners, I want everyone to hear that, you know, about your journey, because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. No. Okay. No, it's not been easy at all. I mean, it's been a struggle right up till now, and it still is. I mean, that's just the way it is with artists, I think, it's it's definitely a very, very hard game to get into, but you just got to persevere and keep at it. And I have been since, obviously, since I was a child. Um, yeah, like I said, I was inspired by a lot of comics, like um, collect a lot of Spider-Man comics and Spawn and stuff, and try and recreate the images that they had in the comics. But obviously, they've got a lot, a lot more advanced uh, ways to put the comics together. Whereas right. I just had a pen and paper, so you know a lot of my things would come out as, as sketches and maybe just one image or a few images, as opposed to a whole series of images telling a story. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good way to start off by 
drawing some action on a page and writing a speech bubble so you kind of got the story there on one one image and you turn the page and you've got another mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean that's that's where it all began for me and been living uh, next to London my whole life, so I've taken a lot of influence from my surroundings and, you know, a lot of society and sort of incorporating society and reality into a more sort of fantasy comic world mm-hmm. so people can relate to it more. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I went into college and took up photography and graphics okay. and started to put my drawings aside for photography and develop on in that kind of department for the still photography and everything. Mm-hmm. And then after photography, you know, I tried that for a couple of years, uh, produced loads of amazing photos and stuff, but then just felt it wasn't quite enough. So started to get into video and went on to university and studied at university for three years doing, doing video. Mm-hmm. Um, started getting into music video and also produced music. So I sort of killed two birds with one stone. You, know, you kept like yourself busy. Music videos from a band. Right, you you, keep, well, you kept you kept yourself busy while you were going to school and everything. Uh, yeah, God, I've just um, it's been nonstop, honestly. In in my spare time, like even throughout school, like in my spare time, I'd be drawing, hang out with my mates occasionally, and then you know, carry on drawing and just trying to create stuff. Because to be honest, I you know I find that the most fascinating part of life. Just being able to create things that aren't there and just, you know, really explore your imagination. Mm-hmm. Sort of really go to town with it and then, you know, produce work for people to view and people to get captivated by. That's, right. a, that's the name of the game, really. Well, that, that's what it is. I mean, if you can't captivate your audience, if you can't connect with them, you're really not going to yeah. go too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I've been striving to do that phrase right. against all odds because there's been so many setbacks and not a lot of rewards. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you try and try and try and get knocked back all the time, and you know you just got to keep at it. Otherwise, if you give up, you give up on your dream. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in giving up on your dream because what's the point in life? And if you just coast along doing something you're not 100 percent into. That that's that's a good point, and let's expand on that thought because I think a lot of people, when they see, they may have dreams. They they're growing up, whether you're you're mm-hmm. dreaming to be. Uh, a filmmaker or a fireman or whatever it is that you want to aspire to be to be in life yeah. i think so i think for a lot of people it's easier just not to even try and just quit maybe try yeah, a little bit is. and quit and, and and that's not that's not the fulfillment that's not the satisfaction you get by yeah. trying to reach for your dreams because if it's given to you what, what appreciation is there yeah well there's uh, so much i mean um sometimes well a lot of the times the work i produce I get so much feedback that just it kind of forces you to do more, you know, inspires you to do more because you, you kind of see the results and mm-hmm. you kind of see the results it's giving people and, you know, how amazed they are at your work. And, mm-hmm. you know, that is its own reward, really. But, right. you know, we're not talking a case of trying for two years and then if it doesn't work out, giving up. We're talking a case of I've been trying for well over 10 years, you know, just mm-hmm. nonstop. Um, so it is, you've definitely got to be very persistent with mm-hmm. it. You've got to follow your mind, what, your heart, what you really want. Well, what somebody said um, to me, and it's interesting, and I'll throw this at you when you let me know what you think, because I, I have my opinion on it, but what they said on, on one of our shows, uh, he said that, you know, 
that you can't have a plan B. You need to have your plan and reach out for your dreams and go for it and never stop until you achieve it. Well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with that. I think it definitely depends on the individual. You know, we're all different. And um, me, for one, like my personal opinion is, yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've only got one set motive, one future that I can see, and that is what I'm trying to pursue. And until I achieve that, then I'm not going to be content in life. I'm not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I, I'm not the kind of guy that will settle down uh, for some other some other job or career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not me. It's not who I am. So, but but now I don't it, know. But 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 in your path, and and you know, I know that you're reaching out for something that is difficult to achieve, but you're you're going for it. You're mm-hmm. getting everything done. Now, how many times have yeah. people told you, hey, you know, Francis, just go get a regular job, work nine to five, uh-huh. go go do that, and forget about yeah. this because it's too hard. You have too many people fighting for the same thing. How many times has, yeah. has that happened to you? Jesus, uh, probably pretty much every day. Like, even <laughs> my friends, you know, even my, even my friends will tell me, look, you don't think it's time to give up and, you know, try and, because, uh, you know, a lot of the people I'm surrounded by are these kind of people. They will, they will uh, just, you know, they coast through life just with whatever job and they're happy and they've got money and they've got their own place and, they're, you know, they're getting to buy just fine ways. I'm broke. I spend all my money on equipment. I've, I invest all my money into projects and, um, you know, just creating art and they're always wondering why I do it because, you know, I don't get to go out as much as them or whatever, but there is a reason for that, and I I just look at the bigger picture. But yeah, people do give, set you back every day saying, saying, why don't you give up? I mean, it's just something you've got to deal with. Right. So, but, but it takes, it, it takes a lot, but it takes a lot for you, you know, in, in hearing that to say, you know what? I'm focused on my dream and my goal, and and I and I I'm assuming that you have one person, and all you need is one person, but one person in your life that tells you, Francis, keep going, you're gonna get it, just keep going. Who who is that person? Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to say. I I do a lot of work with my brother, but generally, um, you know, I have people popping up here and there around me, saying keep going, you know, people come and go and stuff, and there are people, that, you know, there's not one specific person, but there are people that do encourage me throughout the time, and like okay. I say, when I actually produce, like, images and, and videos, because I mm-hmm. do music videos mm-hmm. on the side and stuff, when I produce them and broadcast them online and everything and show people, and I get so much feed, good feedback that that kind of gives me the energy to carry on anyway, okay. you know. But I mean, that gives you that that extra like um, I guess that you all you I mean you, you get that vote of confidence from someone to say yeah. hey you know you're doing this just a great job job you're doing just keep going yeah. it's gonna happen for you and uh, to hear yeah. something I mean, like yeah, that is like a lot wow of sacrifices, so right. you've got to make sacrifices to to do what you want to do. Yeah, well, nothing comes easy. If it came easy, you wouldn't you wouldn't appreciate it the, the way that uh, you will when you reach where you need to reach. And you're not even anywhere close to reaching where you want to reach. No, not yet. I mean, life life is an upward struggle, but you do get there in the end if you keep at it. Yeah, you just keep fighting for it and keep getting that stuff done. Now, um, let's talk about, well, you're part of, um, I just want to talk about this for a second. You're part of the, um, I guess, the dynamic duo, duo, as I call it, uh, you and your brother, Phil. 
Uh, yeah. your, your brother's been, uh, I guess, writing um, literature since you know he was a teenager, mm. and he's been he's yeah. done a lot of stuff. He uh, he uh, did his what did he complete his first novel? He was about what sixteen? Uh, something like that. Yeah, he's uh, he's written quite a few novels. Um, mm. I've kind of lost lost track actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read them all either. It's just uh, I haven't had the time. But I've read a, I've read a, some of his work. And, He's really good. He's a really good writer. He's a lot better than me in, in the writing department. I mean, um, I'll just write screenplays, you know, films. Right. And, uh, but he does a whole lot of the novels, screenplays, and he's really good at English. Well, the thing so, is that you, you can draw, you, you can, you, your, your creative passion is in, in your artwork, your drawing, and you can actually, you can put together a, a storyboard and put together a scenario. And he yeah. can actually write everything, so fill in all the blanks and and really make yeah. it into what it needs to be. And, and and is that the type of relationship that you guys have with the projects that you're working with together? Yeah, definitely. I mean, more so recently as well, we've started to write films together, screenplays together, um, and it'll work. You know, the, the script will go back and forth between us. Uh, it varies really, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'll write a scene and he'll write a scene, and then. We'll bring it back and forth, and we'll see where the story's going, and then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fix things about the script that I don't like, and then he'll do the same. So it is a, it's a big process, but yeah. Also, he's written a screenplay, uh, which I'll, I'll do images for to uh, start right. giving it some visual representation. So, but that, but that's good for yeah. a director when you give ris- visuals representation of a screenplay. Yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. and I, I spoke about this with a director uh, about a week ago. You know, basically, what what you wind up doing is that you wind up creating a storyline for the director, which makes it easier for not only him but also for the editor, because now you have you have a storyboard. You know where every, all the pieces fit in. Yeah, I, I think it's good as well because um, you're forwarding a script, a story to whoever's going to put the. Uh, the video into production, the film into production, you're forwarding it with visual representation. That means they can adapt that visual style into the movie. So right. it'll, it'll turn out more how you, you imagined it in your mind because, you know, as a writer, you're, you're picturing it. Right. You're picturing how it looks and everything. Right. Um, so if you then forward your work off to someone and it turns out differently on the screen, then it kind of destroys your illusion a bit. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how, how many times? How many? How many uh, authors have uh, penned novels and, and a series of novels, and you go and you read it, you're like so into it, then all of a sudden you go see mm. the movie. It's like this is not what's in the book. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it happens it be, all the time. I'm yeah, it, yeah. It, it does. It does. Whether it be something fantasy-wise or, or, or a love story, yeah. whatever the case may be. So that's why, you know, the visual story is important. And it's always, I, I think, as as with your situation, as you guys are writing and everything, you and your brother, uh, it's probably more important that you guys direct the film because now it's going to be what you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, was, yeah. I mean, I'm, together we can accomplish quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, I do... Uh, Go through life every day, sort of visualizing new new things, new techniques, and mm-hmm. I do want to apply that to the big screen. I always have done, right. and yeah, you know, I I watch a lot of films and just be a critic and you know think about the edit and what mm-hmm. music they use and everything. Uh, just think about how personally I I do it differently and how I can make it better. Right. And I just really want to start doing that. Well, 
let me ask you something because I, I find it funny when, uh, you know, whenever I talk to musician, recording artists, right, someone that's really mm-hmm. into music and they, they actually perform, it's not, not, not any of this electronic stuff, but they actually perform, mm-hmm. when, when they are a really a true musician, they can't enjoy music. Because when they hear something, they're like, all right, that's the percussion, that's this, that. They start tearing apart the song, so they're yeah. really enjoying it. So as, <laughs> as, as a film guy, you know, you went from years ago not being involved in film where you can actually go to the movies and enjoy stuff. Now you're, yeah. you're in deep. So now, yeah, you're watching a movie, but you're saying, well, the director missed that shot, or this happened, or we, we, you know, where's this thing? And then uh, you're editing the editing area. Well, they forgot to make this noise for that. The yeah. glass broke. You didn't hear anything, and you start tearing it apart. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I find it funny how it gets to that point. Yeah, but the funny thing is, I, I do music as well, and um, but I don't produce it myself. I just do the lyrics and uh, some rapping and stuff. But my producer is. He's like me with film in in music, and whenever I play a song for him, a good good piece of music, and say, yeah, that's really good, isn't it? You know, maybe we could do something like this. He listens to it, and he's just like, no, it's all right. And uh, you know, he'll start <laughs> he'll start tearing it apart, like you said, and just say, well, he could have done this better, could have done that better. And, uh, and you sit there and you want to cry. You're like, you know, I just want to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens when you become a professional. You just uh, you can't help but analyze everyone else's work, and you know, I do. A good film, I do enjoy. If there's nothing wrong, it, sometimes, you know, you get films where there's nothing wrong with the edit and there's nothing mm. wrong with the soundtrack and it really captivates you even as, even as a critic. So mm. you sit there and you'll be like, yeah, this is good. This is good. Yeah. So, you know, it's good to be impressed. Yeah, That's but what you, I want to try and do. You know. But I think that I guess it's any, it, with, it goes with anything. If you're, you know, film, music, even if you're a boxer, uh, I, I find... Mm. That uh, you know, when you see another boxer in the ring boxing, and they're doing, they're, they're, I mean, other people are enjoying the fight. You're looking at, it, you're looking at it and saying, okay, well, you know, I would, I would have threw a, a right cross and uppercut. I would have did this, and you start analyzing, ripping yeah. it apart. So I guess it's just something that you're looking for perfection. Um, yeah. And I guess that's the creative uh, mind, you know, because it happens to me with a lot of things, and it drives me crazy. But you yeah. know, and you feel like you have some uh, some complex, like uh, OCD or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Yeah, definitely. Hey, let me yeah, ask you a question, yeah. Francis. Your 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 brother. I heard heard a rumor that that Phil uh, actually he goes out when he writes a screenplay that he he knocks this out in two or three days. <laughs> I mean, he's a madman. Uh, yeah, he's crazy. I'm, I'm actually really jealous of him in that department because it's just not easy. I've I've just finished this screenplay, and it's taken me well, it's taken me a month, like four weeks solid, uh, to get it all right. And this is just the first draft, and mm-hmm. I've sent it off to him now. And uh, meanwhile, he, yeah, he, he just does one in two or three days. And what's more, I send it to me, and I'll read it, and Lo and behold, there's nothing wrong with it, nothing I can fault. It's really good, you know, really good script. And yeah, he's he's got talent in that area, definitely. That's why it's good. I'm glad to have him on board. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah, but you know something, his talent, and, and, and your parents must be proud because his talent, your talent, you know, basically, you know, you take two areas. You know, you got the artistic talent, you have the, the creative writing talent, you bring it together, you have yourself a movie. And not only one. Yeah. I mean, this is something that can that that keeps flowing forward. You know, uh, 
your 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 first uh, feature film that you're going to be working on with your brother is mm -hmm. Revenge of the Lout. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and that's uh, you know the screenplay is that you know obviously by both of you so the William. Williams brothers, but I'll call you guys a dynamic duo like Batman and Robin, and you yeah. guys, <laughs> you know. But this is an action film, um, and you know we'll we'll go through that in a second. I just wanna I wanna know more about you know what 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 you're working on, uh, what you have worked on uh, with the music video, because I think you know it's interesting because you 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 you're, you're doing the music, you're doing the film, but doing a music video is not as easy as people think either. No, not at all, no. I mean, it's good practice for feature film, I find, because you get to learn your visual style. Mm -hmm. You get to, uh, you know, really really adopt the way you shoot things and how it is. A lot of my music videos I've done is storytelling. They've got narratives to them. Mm -hmm. um, I own my own company, Wrong World Films, like, which I offer video services for, for unsigned bands and uh, any kind of bands in the area. So I can do music videos for them, and I really like to make. You know, you've got four minutes max for a music video, haven't you? Something like that, and mm -hmm. really like to make an explosive. Uh, unless you're R. Kelly and you have about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah. If I if I get an artist approaching me, I had one the other day approaching me, uh, wanting me to do a video for them. And the track was seven minutes long, and I said, "Look, cut that down to three and a half, and we've got a deal." Right? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. it's like a short film. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's just too long. So, so, I mean, yeah, it's not easy to do music videos. The edit is really difficult. That's one thing that I'm looking forward to doing about feature films. The mm -hmm. edit's slower. It's easier for me because I'm so used to doing music videos. Right. We're talking like split second edits. Like, um, it's got to cut really quickly and if you start looking at music videos and analyzing them, a lot of them do have really quick edits in them. Some of them are, are quite slow, but mm -hmm. they've got to be quick to, to get everything in there within the three or four minutes or so. Oh, without a doubt, especially you have to sync up the the voice with the yeah. with, with the lips, and, yeah. and it's like if you're off by a, a hair, it, it, yeah. it, it's noticeable. You know, then it, it turns into a Chinese uh, kung fu flute. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dubbed over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, and the other thing is with lip sync, um, sometimes you can sync it up perfectly and it still looks out because the person said it strangely. So right. it's, it's very tricky, that. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that's technique and that's experience and that, that's what you do. So you Yeah, mean, there's but, certain techniques to get it right. I mean, I've mastered that now to get it, do it quite quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that um, groomed you for going into feature film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the big part of feature is obviously the audio you've got to you've got to know what you're doing in the audio department sync it all up i mean this is from an editor's point of view not not directors but 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 you do the editing too to, right sorry you do the editing as well yeah i do i do yeah i love editing i just uh spend hours in front of my computer getting square eyes <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> editing away yeah um but if i had to direct a film, mm. maybe I'll be the main editor on it, maybe I wouldn't. I'd, I'd like to definitely be involved, even if I wasn't, you know, and just uh, oversee what's going on. Oh, you, you're going to want to be involved. See, but what I find interesting, oh, yeah. you know, and I find this really interesting, and I'll just uh, talk about this for a second, is that you have someone, let's say whether you're, let's say you're an actor, okay? Now, you're an yeah. actor, and if you just go and, and all you know how to do is act, 
I think that you're missing something because, like you, you know, with with with, with doing a feature film, you know everything from the editing, the lighting, the the angles. You and you know about the sound because you do the music, so you know how things can can sync up. Okay, you're a yeah. creative person, so you know how a scene should look. Or in your mind, you already know it, so you can you can draw the storyboard and say this is what we want. Okay, yeah. so you're directing yeah, everything and you're putting this whole thing together. And it allows you, it's like you're embracing everything because you know every part of it. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah, and, and I think, um, go ahead. What were we going to say, Francis? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, bearing all that in mind, you you know how you want it to look and everything, and then you just direct the actor. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of, they're performing exactly for you what you want, and yeah. they're just putting it all in your hands. But, but if you have an actor that, that, that but if you have an actor that understands, you know, how everything operates, how much easier yeah. is it for you as a director? Yeah, I think um you know, if I'm directing I'm very specific and clear with, with how it's gonna look and I like to explain to whoever's performing in the video, I like to explain what's going on exactly and how it's gonna look in the final bit and how how I'm going to edit it together, so they they can kind of visualize it as well, or at least try to. Mm -hmm. So so then we're on the same page, and that way you get the best results, I think. Right. Well, I I mean, in my opinion, and I'm just going to throw my opinion in here because uh, I just apply it to a lot of things, whether mm -hmm. it be radio, whether it be film, whether you're making music videos, even in, in your regular job. It, you know, you run a business. If we had uh, we had Alfred Demore, he is a uh, he owns Demore Motor Car. We had him on the show, right. okay. And right. he, he he sells cars that that sell for about two million dollars U.S. So hmm. yeah, it's it's big, it's big time. But he understands how the car is made from A to Z, from every screw and every door. He knows how that car is put together. He understands his business better yeah. than anyone. Now, when you're making a film, you understand that better than anyone, but the only way you can do that, if you know everything, a little bit of everything, so you understand, because you've yeah. done it, you've done the editing, so you sat there in the editing bay, cutting things up, yeah. chopping things up, whether you, you're doing all digital, even if you were going to film, okay, yeah. and, and if you're doing film like that, you know, God be with you, because that right there is tedious, you know, that, <laughs> that right there is some hard stuff, and I wouldn't even attempt it, I'd be cutting my fingers, I don't know. Not good. Yeah, not not, nah. be, not good being a cutter. So, um, nah, nah, nah. but but it's, it's good. But it's good to 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 understand the whole concept. And and the reason I'm I'm bringing this up, and I'm just this message, and maybe I'm sending to actors out there that are involved, you know, that are just getting into the business, or even established actors that are listening to the show. You know, the the bottom line is, if you're going to be good at what you do, have respect for your for your craft, and learn everything yeah, around you, so you make it easier for the director. Uh, and because yeah. then what happened, and you, you know this, I mean, you have a producer, you have someone that's financially back and you, even if you're putting your own money in it, at the end of the day, it comes down to dollars and cents. You need to create a product that's going to go and generate revenue to pay off your investors. And then the film starts making money. And then hopefully you make money at the end of the day, if things work out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So it's a, it's a hard thing, but but you as a director, and, and I know I'm talking a little bit uh, much on this, but I find it um, important because I have you on the phone. Um, yeah. I, there was a there was a situation. Uh, you know who Megan Fox is, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, with her one day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but I, I I I don't know. After what she did to Michael Bay, I, I thought that was hideous. 
Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. she she talked badly about him and he gave her 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 start in um in, in Hollywood as far as, you know, letting her go into the Transformers movie. But the only reason I bring that up is that, you know, if you are you're you're an actor and you're connected to the director and you understand what's happening and, and everything that's going on, it just makes it easier for everybody around you because everybody's part of the of the team and making the end product. Exactly. It is a, it is teamwork and you are you've got to be a team player and respect Every, the whole crew and everyone that's involved. You, know? mm-hmm. you can't just start treating people like they're nothing just because they've got a different job to you, just because they're, you know, sorting out the lighting or whatever. It's all, it's all important mm-hmm. for the overall picture. So, yeah, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not really, uh, not really into the people that show so much disrespect because they're, I don't know, like really big actors or, or something. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a bit out of order. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely out of out of order. I think it's uh, you know you're you're showing a disrespect not only you know for yourself because you look ridiculous by doing that, but you're disrespecting the director, you're dis- yeah. disrespecting the industry, and that's the you know look the film industry is not just in the United States, it's not just Hollywood, it's all over right. the world. So you have exactly. you, you have hardworking actors and directors and 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 lighting crew, and you have people that are that are working this, working that. You have the whole team there. Making sure that, that everything's set to to, to, to have a great yeah, end product. You know, it's got to be fun. Like that's that's what it is at the end of the day. You're, you're trying to produce a product of entertainment for for people to to be captivated by, and you know, you got to have fun doing it, haven't you? That's the yeah. whole point. Well, that's it. Because if you're not having fun with what you do, then it becomes work. And then when it becomes work, and that's what you think mm-hmm. about, you know, you're not waking up in the morning like you right now. When you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, great, it's a great day. I have these thoughts. I have to put them down on paper. Yeah, if, yeah, you know, yeah. If you're working on your passions, then yeah, that's, that's the way every day starts. Yeah, and that, that's what happens, you know. So, but uh, now yeah. let's talk about Revenge of the Lout. I want to get into this this film, um, cool. so that we can talk about. It. We can let our listeners know what's going on with it and what it's about. Uh, I'll let you talk about that, and, and for once, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Yes. Yeah, uh, well, that's a screenplay I've written. Uh, Starting to try and put it into production. This, yeah, Revenge of the Lao is basically, obviously, a revenge story. Um, British. It's going to be very hardcore, very gritty, uh, quite a violent film. Um, basically, this innocent man gets sent to prison. Your typical kind of uh, set-up story gets set up, and um, he finds out some home truths in prison about what actually happened and why he went down, and then. He gets out on an early parole and just goes on a bit of a revenge revenge spree. And uh it's pretty brutal. There's uh yeah, there's a lot of violence in it as he as he makes his way through his hit list mm-hmm. of people that he's he's found out, like names he's found out in prison. But then as he starts making his way through the list, the list uh the list gets bigger as he starts to uncover more truth. So mm. It's not, it's not incredibly complicated. It's just going to be all out action, really. Right, but you know the way yeah. you paint the picture, and, and I, I kind of read some excerpts from it. But the way you paint the picture is that you're showing uh, his particular journey in the movie. That he gets set up everything while he's in yeah. jail. He loses his house, his money, his everything, his wife, his yeah, kid, yeah, he loses his cars. His, and, you know, people look at him like he's a piece of garbage. So he loses everything, and he, you know, he becomes nothing. Yeah, he when he's in prison, um, well, the, the film starts off with him leaving prison, 
Mm-hmm. And then his stories told throughout the film, there's flashbacks and stuff of, of when he's in prison. And, uh, yeah, when he's in prison, he loses his wife, his, his kid, his house, and his name, like, he was building a name for himself, quite mm-hmm. a respectful name. And he loses all that and just becomes a criminal. So, obviously, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's hell-bent on revenge. So, that's, uh, that's his ticket. That's basically what he's possessed by now, just because he's got nothing else left in the world. So, he's just possessed by this hatred. But, in, even though he, uh, you know, he's quite a brutal character in, in his, uh, methods, He's still, I've still kind of written it so the audience should like him because, uh, you know, he's just trying to get justice for what happened to him. Right. So he's like, he's like, he comes off like he's doing all these bad things, but at the same time, the audience can connect with him because he's actually redeeming himself or, or getting, or getting, yeah. um, I guess, revenge or avenging yeah. his situation or any which way you want to put it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a, that's, it sounds like it's going to be uh, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not your, it's not your typical kind of gangster movie, like British gangster movie, like Lockstock and, and Snatch. Um, it does have some plot twists in there, which I, I won't give away because it's no, don't, no, 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 don't give it away. I, I just wanted to give you broad, wanted you to give broad strokes on it because uh, yeah, yeah, because I think yeah, it's so it does have some twists and turns in there, but generally, I wanted to make it. Um, quite hard hitting uh for the audience mm-hmm. it's um it's gonna have some really gritty choreography in there like um kind of uh fights you might see in the street so you know like actual real fights and stuff they're not choreographed uh, i don't want to kind of give it that whole mm-hmm. sort of um kick here punch there like choreographed moves i want it to be a bit more down to earth and like you know, real, realistic. you want it to be yeah, real. You want it to be like, uh, I guess. Well, I mean, I'll just, I'll just uh, relate it to like you see a movie like Rocky, when they were actually mm. hitting each other. You could see it as like, oh, he just punched them, you know. But yeah, but, but you want a real effect to it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be very, yeah, very gritty in that respect. Okay. Quite real, and uh, the use of surroundings, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a fight, you you might try and use anything around you to help help you uh, sort of get on top of the situation. So, okay. yeah, the use of you know, I'd give an example of brick or something, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Okay, well, I, I don't want to be in your movie if you're throwing bricks because I <laughs> I get hurt and that'd be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, maybe make it out of rubber or foam or something. But, yeah, yeah, but you make make it realistic, you know. But that that's interesting. And now, where where are you now um, in in that whole process with the film? Well, uh, the actual the actual screenplay itself, uh, first draft finished, is gone off to be reviewed by. Brother Phil, uh, will send that back to me. Uh, it's also been, uh, talked about and forwarded by, uh, the producer I work with, and he's, uh, he's promoting it all over the place. And okay. I'm also getting together some visuals for it next week. I'm going to be doing some photo shoots and, uh, okay. putting together some posters and to represent the visual style of it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of hoping that the visual style can be, uh, kind of like that. Max Payne airbrushed kind of style because I think you can get away with with a lot more mm-hmm. violence and gore if you if you kind of have a comic-y effect to it because it, it doesn't look quite as 
real and harrowing as, as it should do. If you know what I mean? Right, right. So, you want to give you want you want to give people a picture of hey, you know, this is what the movie is, and you know, you come yeah. in, you're going to be entertained. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to be doing that through Still Imagery next week. Uh, get a load of that together and being promoted on the original Myth site as well. Okay, now when, when do you anticipate uh, going to film and, and starting the whole project? <laughs> uh, putting it into production. Okay. Um, hopefully beginning of 2010, beginning of next year. Okay. Because um, it's, all, it's all going off now. It's right. all being sent off and trying to get, generate interest in it. Yeah, so, that's why yeah. we have you on the show to, to speak about this because I mean after a project is done, you know you, you're 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 busy busy busy. But you know I like yeah you know, we like having people on the show to talk about projects they have coming down the pike, and it's good because yeah. now you're you're at the beginning stages of this. So now yeah. you have to go uh, again. You do your visuals, and you have to go, and you have to cast it. Okay. You, mm-hmm. you, I yeah. mean, do you have people in mind? Uh, I, I, you probably can't give certain names, but do you have people in mind in, in your casting efforts yet? Um, I. Or or, yeah, or, or your wish list of who you would want <laughs> to play the the lead well, character. Well, ideally, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's very unlikely, but. Um, Someone like Jason Statham or someone would be ideal for a lead role. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a, a bit of a hard character, but likable as well. Right. You know? yeah. But um, casting would be very interesting. It's, I think it's very important, the casting. You've got mm-hmm. to get it right to get the movie right. Oh yeah, but 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 you know the thing is what, and, and I find this interesting because as I said, you know we have a lot of actors and and entertainment people on the show, and yeah. I I ask questions because you know I'm curious, and and I do ask yeah. questions because I want to know, you know even though I may know the answer, I want them to tell me the answer, you know. But we had um you know Phil Morris, he's a he's like a, a you know he's a great actor, you know he's a great yeah. guy, uh, he's been uh, on Seinfeld, the Smallville. Uh, Star Trek and everything under the yeah. sun, you know, Babylon 5, he's done a lot of stuff. And and the one thing, he, he's coming out with a movie uh, and with Michael J. White, and it's being released in October. And yeah. it's, it's called it was Black Dynamite. Now, it's an independent film. And what, what happened, what I found interesting, and my point even bringing this up, is that he said, you know, what, doing that film wasn't about the money. It wasn't about all of that, you know. They, they all, you know, they worked with uh, on SAG minimum, but it was about the project yeah. where you get involved in a project because you believe in it, and and it becomes fun, and you you create like a a family atmosphere with the people you're working with. Now, and this is where I find it interesting. They did the movie, and it cost them almost nothing to do because everybody was on the same page. Yeah. Sony yeah. Sony just picked it up, and they're going to get uh, international distribution. <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah that's brilliant. I mean, yeah, I'd love to. I don't know, maybe the producers can promote it to certain people that that could actually happen. You know, if someone if someone reads the script and mm-hmm. a, a decent actor reads it and is like, yeah, I want to be involved in that movie. I can share the vision of it. Then you know, that'd be great. Yeah, well, that that's yeah. why getting it in front of the right people is important. But getting, yeah, you know, but you have actors out there that are looking for yeah. that special project to be involved with because, you know, yeah, they may get paid by the big studios, but now indie films are yeah. becoming more and more prevalent than the big block uh, box office uh, from the big, uh, 
you know, um, movie houses like Sony, Universal, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you have a lot more indie films that are getting the recognition that they deserve. You know, beyond the film festivals, we had uh, we had the uh, the uh, the director and actually the uh, the screenwriters for uh, for Lynch Mob. It's a movie that was yeah. released uh, last night, and and uh, they had a big red carpet thing. The bottom line is that's an indie film that they struggled to make. And it, it, it was uh, shown on theaters across the country. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, it, yeah, there's definitely ways to get it out there. So yeah. definitely going to pursue that. And also, I think with Revenge of the Lao, it's, it's a very fun film. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very fun to make. It's quite explosive. Right. Basically, from the word go, it's a bit of a heart-racing film. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tension, a lot of suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's quite a few torture scenes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's ge- generally going to be non-stop action, so people are going to be sat there in their seat, hopefully gripping their seat, and I reckon for a script like that, it just helps helps it make it easier to try and get in a good cast. Yeah, well, I think, you know, by, by you painting that type of picture, that you will get, you know, actors out there that may be looking you know, for that, for a project like there, like that, like what you have mm-hmm. going on, uh, with, with the movie, um, that, that's going to be filmed. Now, you know, for actors, and I'm just, cause we're on a show, you know, and let's throw it out there, you know, Revenge yeah. of the Lout, that's, uh, that's going to be going into production hopefully 2010. You're, you're still in the middle of casting. Now, mm-hmm. let's say an, an actor that's listening to the show and they want to be a part or they want to communicate with you. How how do they get in touch with you to to even um, to be um, I guess considered for one of the parts in, in your movie? Because I I think that Revenge of the Loud, if you if done the right way, which I just just hearing you and knowing what you have going on, and you're yeah. directing it, and your brother is doing the screenplay. Yeah, I I know exactly what you guys are gonna have, and I yeah. think it's gonna be a hit. I really do think it's gonna be a hit. Um, and, and any actor in their right mind that that is was looking or is is looking to be a part of a movie like this, you know, this is the one to be a part of. Revenge of the Loud. So now, how can they how how can they connect with you um, to to to, yeah. to get involved? Uh, there's various ways that they can um, connect with me. They can uh, contact Verne Original Myth. Um, that's like that's OriginalMyth.com. Okay, um, and then there's an yeah, email there on OriginalMyth.com that they can uh, contact. Um... Yeah, and it, well, on my website, WrongWorldFilms.com, um, you can contact me directly through info at WrongWorldFilms.com. Okay, but, and, now, uh, but now Original Myth, they they're um, they're they're managing um, or they're, they're the yeah, agent. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, producers. Uh, okay, and Vinay, who works with um, a close friend friend of mine. Uh, works for the AEC group, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, Christy there is at marketing. Yeah, Christy uh, Miller. Yeah, Christy Sorry? Miller. I said Christy Miller. She's the marketing liaison. Yeah, she's yeah she's marketing executive at the AEC group. Right. So um, get hold of us through them as well. Can, uh, would it be a problem me giving the number for uh, AEC? Um, no, 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 it's fine. Okay, you know, it's uh, UK. The number is 442034118438. And you can get in touch with them. And uh, that's one way to reach out to you if an actor is interested in being a part of uh, Revenge of the Lout. Uh, I think that, as I said, 
Um, especially in this day and age, you have an opportunity to be part of a great, great uh, film that you know you can have you can have longevity with this because if you look at like a hostel, you look at the lock stock and two smoking barrels, things like that, the movies are made, you know, like Guy Ritchie did Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. You know, uh and you know he's a great director. And his movies yeah, yeah. and his, yeah, yeah, and his movies, you know, have longevity. Okay, but in his movies, you know, he had Jason Statham. He had, uh, in, uh, I think in one of the movies, he had Brad Pitt. You know, but he had big actors going in there playing little parts because they believed in what he was doing and, and they wanted to be a part of something fun and exciting. And that's what you have here with Revenge of the Loud. Yeah, it's going to be explosive, definitely. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, I think I think it's gonna be interesting. I think it's definitely gonna be interesting. Um, now, Francis, can you uh, before we before we close out the show, can you uh, do you want to give us um, do do you have any uh, social networking uh, uh, sites out there that you that you're a part of that people can connect with you, or you you can have fans that can follow your progress and things of yeah, that definitely. nature? Yeah, definitely. I mean. Um I'd like people to log on to my own website, uh, www.wrongworldfilms.com. Mm -hmm. That's uh, W-R-O-N-G, uh, World Films. Um, yeah, and you can see previous work on there of mine. You can see uh, images, still images, and uh, some music videos. But we've got a few music videos in production at the moment that are going to be pretty good, so we're going to replace some of the older stuff with those things, so it's constantly updated, but you'll definitely get an idea for, for our visual style on there. Well, it gives an idea of what, you know, what you've worked on, and uh, and obviously every every six months, or every three months, every six months, your work just gets better and better and better, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's you evolve as, as, a, as a perfectionist in what you do, and, and I think that, you know, you as a director, like we're talking right now, I'm going to say in, in the next, you know, three years, the next time we do speak, you know what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say, you're going to say, uh, Lou, who, what, I don't know you, no. <laughs> So what we've spoken before, have we? <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. You know, but you, you have you have a nah. big, you have a great future in front of you, Francis. I have to tell thank you. you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. That. Yeah, but I see what you're doing, and and due to due to the fact and how you're mapping out uh, this film, I find interesting mm -hmm. because you're not just writing a screenplay and saying, okay, we're going to put it in front of somebody. No, you're mm -hmm. you're doing you're writing your storyboard. You're drawing the storyboard. You're doing the screenplay. You're putting a lot of thought into this. Now you're thinking music. You're thinking this and that, and you know how to edit all this stuff. So you understand yeah. what you're doing, and it's not just writing a screenplay and just hoping that somebody understands what you what you're doing. You're writing a screenplay. You you're bringing visual into the picture, and you're like, this is the story. This is the pictures. This is what we're looking at. Definitely, yeah. And, 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 and it, yeah, and it becomes a situation that okay, um, this this is what we're doing. So this, the, hmm. the the questions are kind of like more about well, what do you think we can film as opposed to what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, um, what do I think I can film? Oh no, no, no. I said no. What I <laughs> what I said is that. Um, you know, when you when you have someone as a you know you have a producer that's that's involved or or someone that's financing, it becomes a question yeah. that it's not about you know about the script itself. They, you know, their their question is okay, where can we film? 
Okay, that's the, that's the only question I can see them having if you're giving them the storyboard and the script. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've already got uh, pretty much most of the locations in mind as well for, okay. for the actual shoot. Okay, well, we, yeah, well, we can talk about the locations. I just, um, that, mm. that's fine too, because I think uh, you're going to need interesting locations for this. Yeah, uh, well, there's a couple of um, scenes that are going to be quite difficult. There's, um, there's a construction yard, which I, I'll need to uh, try and get hold of. Um, but there's a lot of houses, a lot of indoor shots in, in mansions and houses. Uh, got a penthouse, and then we got chases like police chase um so that's all outside mm. uh, over gardens and stuff um yeah there's quite a variety of locations in there actually okay so it's interesting seeing what you get permission for where we get permission for shooting yeah well that, that's what it is you have to you know you're having all these locations you gotta have you know uh, first you have to have your your county or, or where you're filming they have to give you the thumbs yeah. up and then you have to get the locations from wherever you need to get them from to get everything done now you're filming everything in london right yeah well london and the outskirts of london just this is where i live north london just north of london which is uh just as you're coming out of the city it comes a bit more rural so you've got more countryside um bigger space around the houses like um so i want to because quite a few of the characters in the film are quite wealthy and well off, so they live just out of the city. Okay. So, uh, just north out of the city. So, we'll be shooting in and around London, really. Okay, which is better for filming, because now, again, you have the you have the room and everything, so you're not in a small apartment trying to film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got quite a lot of connections and stuff more around this kind of area. So. Good, good, good. Well, I, think you, I think you have... Uh, as I said before, I think you have a, a smash hit on your hands, and yeah, I, I think, so. yeah, well, I, I think so. Just the way you, that you're painting the picture, and uh, again, anyone listening to the show um, can kind of see your vision because I can. Now, do you, yeah, do you have? I mean, at the end of the day, I'd just like to uh, produce this film and show everyone. Say, here it is. Enjoy. Or most people probably won't because it's quite violent, but uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but if you, you enjoy that kind of thing, if you enjoy a bit of action. And, well, yeah, yeah but, but you want to you want to you want to develop something, create something that people are going to actually enjoy and be entertained. Yeah, I mean that's that's what life's all about for me. It's just mm. captivating people, and I, you know, it's very hard. I find it very hard to get shocked by things, and I kind of want to inflict that on people, try and try and shock people with work. You know, whether it's like an emotion or mm -hmm. you know, just sort of, well, just developing various emotions through video and sound. Mm -hmm. if, you, if someone's sitting there watching your work and you're making them feel certain emotions, that's, that's really the overall goal. Yeah. Well, you're connecting with the audience and that's what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Francis, do, do, you have a, um, do you have a MySpace by any chance that people can... Um, I've got a MySpace for my music, okay. but uh, I don't have my own MySpace now. Okay, not yet. You'll as you get as you develop the uh, you get everything going with the film. You'll wind up having one, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, I might I might um, put one together for videos one day, but yeah, just with music at the moment. That's all I really use my space for. Okay, so now let me just I just want to give the uh, your website just uh, one more time, and right. um, that that's the because um, originalmyth.com, though that's yep. your representation. 
Okay. Yeah, that's that's uh, producer. Okay. Good uh, web good website. It's got a lot of information on there about oh. films and writing books and stuff. Okay, and then you know, it's uh, the 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 website for your your company is Wrong World Films, right? Dot com. Yeah, that's right. WrongWorldFilms.com. Uh, check it out. I want our listeners yeah. to um, find out more about Francis Williams. Uh, the, find out more about the dynamic duo and his. Uh, you know, you have Phil Williams. You know, crazy guy writing yeah. a screenplay in three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you we'll have to talk to him next. He's, uh, you know, he's got a lot to say as well. <laughs> oh yeah, we we get him on the show. I'm sure that's going to be very interesting because I have questions yeah. about this three day thing. I mean, does he stay up all the time? These are questions that only he can answer. Yeah, he can answer. So I'm going to hit him up. <laughs> He's just got stupidly fast fingers, I think, you know. Yeah, I have a feeling that we'll be on the phone and he'll just be talking so quick I won't even understand what he's saying. He'll be... <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think he's slower, slower at talking than me, you know. I don't know how he talks slower, writes faster. That, that, that's interesting. You would think that he would be talking a mile a minute as as quickly he turns yeah. around these screenplays. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's deceiving. He's not all what he seems. You know? uh, but you, <laughs> you know, enigma. Is there anything else that uh, we need to go over uh, that we missed on uh, Francis? Do you, anything that you um, want to go over? I think uh, Germany covered it, covered just about everything. Just uh, hope that I can get this work produced and people can enjoy watching it. Okay, well, I think it's going to happen for you, and I think that, again, as I said, and I'm going to sound redundant, but I think that you have something really special in your hands, and uh, keep going, and hopefully, you know, we'll, you know, when you start filming and everything, I know you're going to get busy, but hopefully at that point, we can have you back on the show to talk about stuff, you know, uh, and maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I can go down to the set and do a live thing with you and get a good feel of what's going on over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, by all means, uh, you know, I love, love a bit of promotion, and and it's been great coming on the show, so I love to talk about what's going on. Perfect. It's good to keep people in the loop. Excellent, excellent. Francis, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, it's been uh, a unique pleasure because you gave you gave some insight not only to your film but your, your journey, and you explained to our listeners or you painted the picture that, you know what, you can't give up on your dream no matter what happens. If you have yeah. a dream, reach for it. And that's what you're all about. And you're doing you're doing just that. And I think that is awesome. Okay. Now for our listeners that want to uh keep track of Francis Williams and his uh, new project and everything that he's doing and his brother and dynamic duo and all that other jazz, you know, go to Yeah, exactly. Go to wrongworldfilms.com. Uh, you can see some of the work he did, and I actually, if you're if you're uh, a recording artist and you're in London and you want to work with him, you can do music videos as well. But you better squeeze him in before he starts filming because he's gonna have no time for you because that's the, he's gonna be busy filming. <laughs> so, so so you got to get him while 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 the getting's good. Uh, and you got to look yeah. at his, his work; it's, it's his high quality stuff. Um, and I, I do recommend that you do check them out. And to get, if you want to, you know, actors that want to be a part of the project, you can go to, uh, you can go to, what's, what's the uh, site? It's, um, originalmyth.com, uh, right? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, original. Yeah, originalmyth.com. Get in touch with them and then find out how you can be a part of it. And that's it for this show. Uh, Francis, thank you again. And, uh, thank you. Thanks we, very much, Steve. You're welcome. We'll have you back on down the road. And, and until the next uh, show, I want all the listeners to, again, follow Francis's uh, career because just, he's just he starting and it's getting 
brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter, and I think that uh, he's going to be a shining star in uh, the film world, not just Hollywood, but in the film world, which is a big place. You know, so yeah, so that's it. All right, so uh, we'll be back with you with the next, uh, the next uh, episode, the next segment of the UCW Radio Show. What is your major malfunction? All that will be written. All that will be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.